And that's why you want to give it as much knowledge and instructions as possible because it will be in that moment an expert that you've grounded in all the information that you wanted to take and use for its analysis and everything like that. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about AI, how you can get a lot of great results with AI, how you can grow your business, how you can find the way that will provide real, awesome, brilliant results and how to do it smart because I see when companies create generic content, nothing special, fail and can complain, I don't know, AI doesn't work for me because you don't do it right. Uh, when ChatGPT appeal, by the way, I use AI before ChatGPT, uh, right now I can use a lot more. I only uh, grow my results, uh, we help clients in trading, investing niches and uh, some websites uh, work well for example we got results from zero to two thousand people a day in a very competitive niche extremely competitive when we compete with billion dollar companies but we are doing great so uh, we are going to grow our results to get more and i'm so excited to discuss a lot more about AI with legal how are you Hey, I'm doing great, Anatoly. How are you? It's been a long time. I'm happy to, to be on the show again. Yeah, nice, nice. I know you have great sales background and right now you pay attention to AI. It's very smart. Uh, I completely agree with that because uh, I think that my background is uh, digital marketing, SEO, but right now I spend a lot more time with AI. I don't know how to provide results in AI, but I want to show another side of this coin because when ChatGPT appealed, 5% of marketers, content creators lost their job. And mm. it's not because of AI, not because of AI. It's because someone adapted to AI and can replace these people. We don't need to blame anyone because if I don't adapt to AI, someone will replace me. So it's part of the job. In digital marketing, it's a quickly changing world. We need to move fast to think how to do it much better. Uh, and if you ignore AI, AI will ignore you tomorrow. <laughs> Ali, before we start, just remind, remind more about your self-experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> currently, I'm the enterprise sales director at a company called CopyLeaks. Uh, we're an AI company, started out as a plagiarism detection tool. And then um, in January of this year, uh, deployed AI detection, and that has really taken off as as uh, being identified as a big need for um, our clients. But uh, I was interested in AI for a very long time. Uh, in uh, I studied philosophy in university, and um, a lot of the questions that philosophers have been asking themselves for three thousand years are still questions that we need to grapple with today about what's the nature of consciousness, what's the nature of intelligence, and uh, and those questions are really relevant when we talk about AI. Um, so for me, I I was really interested in that from a very uh, very early age, and um, and then in my career, uh, I got more actively uh, interested in AI in about 2019 when I was working at an SEO agency uh, called iPoll Ranked with uh, Mike King, and um, I was senior sales executive there. And what we would do is we would do a lot of, of SEO audits. And um, one of the things that we did when we would do an SEO audit was we do the content audits and we would use TF-IDF to analyze content, which means term frequency, inverse document frequency. And what that is, is using a tool, a natural language processing tool to analyze your client's content against the content that they wanted to rank like that had similar keywords and it would analyze the keywords that were associated with those main keywords and look at all of the ones around them and kind of say what are the relationships between the keywords that you want to rank for and the high ranking content that you're aspiring to rank like um and i just thought that that was really interesting but it you know it kind of stopped there until a few years later when I started playing around with uh, GPT-3 and Hugging Face and, and just 
having it do next word prediction stuff. I just thought it was like magic. Uh, I was really excited about that. And then when the image generator uh, Dolly was released, um, that that really made me realize that things were about to change in a big way. And so fast forward to today, uh, I've spent the last year uh, really diving into the research and what's happening in AI and thinking really deeply about not only how it's used today, but um, what we need to think about in the future uh, as AI becomes more and more advanced and more um, uh, more ubiquitous, it'll be everywhere. Uh, and I think there's a lot of big challenges that we need to think about as a society there. So I've been really kind of deep into that game. And so that kind of uh, helps to explain sort of where I am today uh, and, and why I'm so deeply interested in, in this entire topic. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Uh, I like that you have uh, sales background, uh, SEO background, and I think people who have uh, background in sales, they are so productive and effective in marketing. Because uh, I, I, I often see when marketers chase volume, uh, traffic, but <laughs> if it doesn't help to sell, why I need to have this traffic? And once I spoke yeah. with a master who lost 400,000 traffic, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic. He spent so much resources to deserve this traffic. And when he lost, he got it. Whoa, uh, it, it didn't convert. You know, uh, I don't need this traffic. So because I can't grow my company and sell products, uh, that was tough for him even to update this content. Uh, yeah. And yeah, when Google dropped his ranking positions, he didn't lose anything on that. He just yeah. uh, saved his time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Lee, I want to ask about AI detector, Mark. Uh, you, you mentioned that you worked with uh, Mike King. He spoke two times on my podcast. I love his experience. He wrote a bunch of books. But uh, right now, uh, I pay uh, a lot of attention to AI, as you do. Uh, and um, I'm interested about AI detectors. I use CopyLeaks. I check content, uh, especially I do it with new writers. If I don't know them, if mm -hmm. I'm not sure about the quality, I can use. But uh, if I know that I can get quality content, high quality content, and any AI tool will show that it's uh, AI written, I don't care. I don't care because uh, uh, I know it's quality and we got a lot of results, great results when AI detectors, including CopyLix, show. Oh, you know, it's AI written, uh, but yeah. you know, it's quality and Google ranked well. I think Google doesn't care too. Uh, and I spoke with Brice Canel. He told me, ah, Bing doesn't care. If, if it's quality, it's quality. Who cares? Yeah. No. If, uh, of course, it's important when it's not unique, uh, because uh, in non-unique, it means you stole this content. So can you tell uh, how to use it smart? Okay, if AI tools can show it's AI written, but uh, if it's quality, can you tell my audience how to find this balance between yeah. uh, using this tool smart? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the thing that's important to understand is, um, yeah, you know, our tool detects AI, but why does that matter, right? It, it doesn't really matter um, in, in many different contexts. Um, Google has come out and said it. You, you mentioned yourself right from Bing, you know, they're saying they don't really care if it's AI content or not. That's it, it's really not the point, um, as long as it's good content. And I think uh, we totally agree um, at CopyLeaks about that. You know, we don't really want to be considered the tool that is policing people's use of, of AI because number one, we're an AI company. Um, it would be hypocritical for us to say that you know that it's bad to use AI, right? It's it, it's not, but. Um, here's, here's the thing to kind of think about, which is important. And I think a lot of people may not fully understand is, um, when it comes to AI written content, not all AI content is equal. Um, if you know how to get the best out of one of these tools, it will make your content even better. And I, I fully believe that. And I've seen that happen. Um, but many people require the content that's created to be human written they're paying people to write that content on their own and and so 
it's a data point for them to be able to say, is this somebody actually that's a copywriter or are they just making the stuff with AI? I think that's one point, one point to consider. But the other part of it is with, with Google and their ranking factors and EEAT, experience, expertise, authority, trustworthiness, you know, um, an article that's completely written by AI doesn't have an author and it doesn't have an experienced author behind it. So what do you do in a situation like that? You can't just create a bunch of false personas that are AI um, writers and put them out there because Google, well, they say, yeah, quality content's really all that matter. That's not fully true. What they want is credibility, experience um, for the content. So what does that leave you with as a, as a decision point? I think <clears throat> the second part of, of my answer here is um, that all of these companies that make AI-powered chatbots, whether it's ChatGPT, Google, Bard, Claude, um, it's against their terms of service to present the output from an AI model as human. Um, it's against those rules. So, so first of all, they they don't want you to, and they say that you're not allowed to pass off something that comes out of, of AI as, as a human. Um, and so it's important for people to understand that, that the rules are gonna really change around this. And um, if there is suddenly a new ranking factor, for example, where it says, okay, you actually, if you ever used AI, you need to say that and state it up front in your writing or in your articles, um, it's going to be a big problem. You're going to suddenly see a bunch of, of content falling off the cliff because there's no attribution for, for the authors there. But I think the, the bigger thing about it is um, the best use of AI will, uh, will trick a detector like ours or any out there because um, when you just take the output of an AI and present it in, in that form without making any edits, any changes, adding any of your own thoughts, ideas, um, references, quotes, um, you know, that's the thing that, that, um, that unadulterated pure output from, from an AI, that's what we detect, but they're not that great at just fully spitting out content and, and having that content be perfect and, and being great. It always requires what I like to call human in the loop um, and human in the loop is, is part of lots of different places in, in the process in AI, but uh, in your interaction with, with a chatbot, when you're making that content, getting the output, taking that, and then building on it and expanding it and adding your own sort of voice, adding your own kind of pieces in there. Suddenly it's not a fully AI created piece of content it's a collaborative piece of content. And not only is that um, going to provide better results, um, it's going to um, really be a human AI collaborative piece of content. And I mean, at the end of the day, um, AI is not at the place where you can just press a button and have it write perfect content over and over. It's all about how you ask it to write and, and if you inform your prompt with your own writing, that is the best way to do it. If you can say, listen, here's a paragraph about a thing. Um, here's the ideas in it. I want you to analyze it. And I want you to um, create a version of this that is different in these different ways. And you put the output. That's the best way to do it. And that's in my experience and all of our clients' experience and just in my research, um, that is really the best way to get really good content is not just to say, hey, write me an article about SEO and press send and take the output. It takes some initial uh, editing and building on those ideas to really get the best out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, love it, love it. Uh, I wanna ask about algorithms. You know, <laughs> uh, for example, if I generate any content with AI, I can feel it, you know. Uh, even if I get any content, I don't need to use any tools because of my personal experience, intuition, you know, I can feel, uh, even I can recognize some words because, uh, in most cases, human writers don't use some words, but AI can use a lot such words. Uh, so yeah, I, I have my own 
internal feeling. But I want to ask you about algorithms of your AI detector tool or any other AI detector tool. I mean, like, how you recognize it's AI written or not? Do you have some special, I don't know, algorithms that can recognize, you know, if you can unhide some... Uh, uh, how you do it because uh, people can be skeptical i i play with uh, ai detectors and uh, i can say yeah it's accurate really accurate in most cases it's accurate i check data uh, uh, comparison of different ai detector tools and uh, i don't remember uh, where copy leaks was but uh, uh, in the top i mean like uh, according to accuracy so tell how it works yeah, yeah. so you know I, I can't get into the specifics of what we do, um, but I can tell you generally what we do um, is probably different than some of the other detectors out there. And that uh, what we do different is um, that you know, we didn't spring up overnight with the mission of detecting AI. Um, our company has been around for eight years now and has been a an AI text analysis platform trained on human writing and fine-tuned on human language. And it has the ability to understand meaning of language and to recognize and identify patterns in language. And because it's it's been trained for so long on such really high quality human writing that our our platform understands that when an AI writes something, it's different than how a human writes. AI platforms are trained on, you know, billions of parameters and in their pre-training, they, they start to kind of, you know, create associations of weights and meanings and, and they have all of this vast source of knowledge. And then the neurons and the neural network, when they're asked a question, um, they, they use that vast amount of training data to come up with a sentence. And the sentence is a statistically generated sentence based on all of those billions, maybe trillions of parameters. And it just turns out that that's not how humans write. And when a system has been trained and fine-tuned on human writing to identify human writing, AI writing doesn't get identified as human. And, and so, Really, in a nutshell, that's kind of why it works. We we understood that you know the system uh, for many years has been able to detect, sorry to, to detect plagiarism and paraphrasing, and that means that we don't just recognize the same exact words on something, but we uh, recognize when something is even similar with different words, and it understands these patterns in language and the meaning in language, and so it was pretty simple to. Um, develop the capability to say, all right, let's do a, a Turing test of this content. Is this a human written piece or is it not? And that's kind of how we we started with and have developed the, the tool over time is just to say, does this look like a human rights? Because Anatoly, to your point, I think we're all able now to look at something and go, I don't think somebody wrote that. That looks like ChatGPT. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, our tool is just able to do that at scale and to do that um, pretty reliably across, you know, most of the different tools that are out there. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I found two aspects, very important elements of writing great content. The first is to know the topic. If you don't know the topic, you can. For example, uh, my brothers asked me to write content about accounting. I use ChatGPT and I got it that I, I, I can get only like uh, generic content because I have no ideas about accounting. I, I use calculators, you know, yeah. <laughs> <a> spreadsheet, but <laughs> that's it. I don't use any tools. I don't know all yeah. uh, other elements. Uh, I tried with weight loss and yeah, I, I remember when I lost my weight three years ago, but that was personal experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm not great to share about that. So I played and got it. I can't, I can't eat. I don't know. I don't know the topic. The second mm -hmm. aspect for me, it's important to know how to write. So if you can't write uh, alone without AI, I'm not sure you can get great results with uh, 
uh, ChatGPT or any other AI tools, but because uh, you can't check the quality of this writing. Uh, yeah. And for example, my brother, they uh, have great experience about accounting, but they have no experience to write. They don't spend every single day to write text, so they can't. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, today I cooperate with people who can write and who can who know the topic uh, for example for investing trading niches we uh, outsource writers from forbes uh, uh, investopedia great writers and uh, i i never tell them don't use ai why i need to say it i can't deny this tool exists uh, but if you use it use it smart i mean like to get quality i want to ask uh, for my audience because most of them use ai uh, but they can't get quality tell them uh, okay uh, if they have two elements they know how to write they know how to they know the topic specific topic tell mm -hmm. how to craft this content with ai so any tips i mean like to use uh, tips suggestions ideas or uh, to mm -hmm. write uh, so if you have any checklist will be great yeah yeah absolutely I, so i think one of the biggest things to remember and to keep in mind is um, that you know AI-powered chatbots like ChatGPT and Google Bard—they are not search engines. Um, so if you ask it about a specific topic, um, that topic it may not really know much about it, and so you can't necessarily rely on uh, AI to fully know what it's talking about, it will hallucinate. So that's why I have always found it really very useful to ground your AI in knowledge about a topic. So what does that look like? So, I mean, for example, um, depending on what you're using, uh, if you share a document as a part of your initial prompt, um, Say, for example, uh, I wanted to write about the Biden executive order. What I would do is I would take that executive order and I would create a PDF or a Word document um, and I would put it into the chatbot and say, listen, I'm sharing a file here. It's about the, the Biden executive order. I want to discuss it in the context of online businesses uh, and contrast what the scope of that is uh, and the impact for local businesses versus what's spoken about in the executive order. Please think step-by-step step about your analysis of this uh, document and write uh, in very clear language about the difference between the impact at the federal and state level uh, versus private small businesses and make it three to four pages long and I would press send and then you're grounding it in the topic so it's got specific knowledge of that topic from the document you're telling it the type of contrast that you want it to make you're telling it to think step by step you should always tell it to think step by step uh, and then you're giving it a specific kind of length now chatbots can't count words they just are not able to count words. So you can't really say, give me 1500 words. But what it can do is, is understand concepts like a page, two pages, three pages. Uh, and I found that's really a great way to get a very well-informed factual article with a specific focus on the different kind of argument you wanna make uh, in, in the writing and then just press, press send and see what it outputs and then take a review of that output. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you can take that output, put it in another chatbot, and ask it to analyze for flaws, for fluency, for writing style, and you can use multiple to be like a series of editors to look over what has initially been written. Um, it's really fun, and, and the results can be excellent. Um, but I would always recommend people to use a, a grounding document or a grounding bit of information that the chatbot can use um, when, it's, when it's building out uh, its outputs. Um, there is a reason why that works too. 
Uh, and that's that's because remember I talked about the pre-training of the model. All that is frozen, right? So all the the data that these models that uh, large language models are trained on initially doesn't change. Um, so <clears throat> where learning really happens is for the user in context or in the context window. So in the context window, you can actually build an expert knowledge in that session in with the chatbot. And that's why you want to give it as much knowledge and instructions as possible, because it will be in that moment an expert that you've grounded in all the information that you wanted to, to take and use for its analysis and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, Lee, I will now ask about the future, uh, to forecast a little bit the future. Um, and um, let me explain why. Uh, when I started my digital journey, that was 2008, uh we created a lot of e-commerce content uh because that was simple to game the system uh google couldn't recognize uh, user intent today we can't we can't because google can know it's a blog article info content e-commerce and uh, today we spend so much time to create blog content and according to data blogs get 56 uh, percent of all online traffic so a lot of traffic, uh, and uh, but I'm not sure about the future. You have this SEO background, sales background, and I want to ask about the future because, for example, when I decided to uh, search uh, about Tesla, I decided to buy Tesla in Florida. So I was interested, can I use this self-driver's feature autopilot in Florida specifically? And I asked this question on Google. I got a lot of probably great content about Tesla, it's electric car, it, but I don't need it. <laughs> I need a simple answer to simple question. That's it. I don't need yeah. all this content, what Tesla means, uh, why we need, I need to have Tesla, how I can save this environment. Of course, I want to save environment, but I need just answer. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. asked this question on Bart and got the reply for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. Then... Uh, I decided to open a new business in Florida, so uh, I needed a list of documents. Nothing special. I don't need any fluff about why I need to have the business, how we can uh, become millionaire, billionaire with businesses. I, I need just a list of documents. That's it. Then I asked um, this question on Google and on ChatGPT. ChatGPT got me answer like for a few seconds on uh, Google. I spent so much time to find a list of documents between other probably great content so but mm -hmm. it's not related to my user intent so uh, and today according to data uh 12 of people use uh chatbots to get the answer uh, uh around uh most i don't remember exactly the number probably uh plus 30 percent can use Social media to search for answers. For example, my son, he can use TikTok, you know, to find answers to his questions. He doesn't know about Google. He doesn't need Google. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and uh, I think uh, I disagree when someone can tell that uh, SEO uh, will be forever. Uh, everything has the end. Customers can switch attention. Uh, I don't know what augmented reality can bring because Apple is going to launch this headset. Uh, mm -hmm. Rain Bain did with uh, Meta, uh, created new sunglasses. Uh, so uh, people can switch attention like uh, that happened with radio newspapers. Today we have digital. Um, I want to ask your prediction about the future because we use chat uh, bots to generate content to create content but uh do we need to do it for blog content if we start today o of course uh blogs still bring a lot of traffic a lot of traffic but it takes time to grow your blog if people will switch attention to chatbots in a few years and uh, we can waste uh, a lot of resources your prediction about the future <laughs> well so i mean i still follow a lot of SEO content. I follow uh, Lily Ray quite a bit. I think um, her her journey with Google and with uh, the search generative experience, SGE and Google, um, <clears throat> has been really enlightening um, because it does clearly look like the world of searches is changing. Um, and it doesn't just look like it from an outside perspective, 
the way that I interact with um, content is different now too. Um, I, I think SEO as we know it, the sky has been falling for a very long time. People are predicting, predicting that SEO is, is dead for almost as long as SEO has ever existed. Um, but I think it's truly going to change now. And I mean, a great example of that is um, I actually use Google search a lot to get answers to specific questions. Um, but I now have the SGE result that comes in. And if it looks like it's credible, I'll just use that as my main answer. Uh, if not, I'll scroll a little bit. But I also, I use Google Bard a lot because Google Bard can go right to the internet, but it can do more than that. It can also use my email, um, my calendar, my Google Drive, and incorporate lots of different sources of information. I think for the first time, People are able to search not just the web, but they're able to search their own digital life. And those two things are coming together in a really interesting way. And I think um, <clears throat> ultimately right now, web content is still driving our, our understanding and knowledge of, of the world through search. Um, but I'm not sure what that is going to look like, but I know it's going to look very different than it has up to this point. And I think we're already starting to see that. Um, you know, I know that there have been a lot of experiments with people who have been able to create a lot of content at scale using ChatGPT or uh, different chatbots. Um, and that that ranking typically it, it, it will index and rank high and then it will fall off of a cliff. I think, um, with the saturation of content and the ability for people to scale out content, um, content is going to probably become less and less useful over time until we figure out another way to get better, more personalized and focused results. And at the end of the day, what AI is going to hopefully do is allow a personal chatbot or personal assistant for every individual out there. Um, and that means that no two people will have the same type of AI um, helping them out on a day-to-day -day basis. Like before, when I was talking about how the best content needs to be grounded in something like a document or uh, you know a series of of um, you know ideas from credible sources, you know the our experience of the web and of content and of knowledge is going to be highly personalized as well. And that's just not really what we've got today, but you can slowly see that starting to happen. Actually, maybe not so slowly, start to see that happen now. Uh, I know a lot of people use ChatGPT. That's the, the most popular thing out there. But again, for certain things, I use Google Bard quite a bit because of its ability to um, do RAG or, or retrieval augmented generation from, from web sources and provide me really specific and tailored answers to things that I have. Um, and that's a, that's a change in how we're interacting with, with information. Because I mean, at the end of the day, SEO is all about getting your information out there. Um, and we're seeing a shift away from, from that now. Um, what is it gonna look like in, in two years? I have no idea. Uh, I, you know, and, and before, if you would have asked me the last time that we spoke, I would have said, you know, maybe AI, maybe SEO will change over the next five, 10 years to be a certain thing. But I, I really think that um, it is drastic, the, the way that things are looking now, how they're changing, uh, and how even me personally, how I'm interacting uh, with the web is totally different now. You mentioned uh, augmented reality, you know, virtual reality, a mixed reality type of, of devices. The way that we interact with this content and with the web in general and with AI is going to change a lot. And um, I'm really excited, but it's an uncertain time, um, especially in the SEO world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah. Well explained. Uh, Lee, uh, I want to ask about uh, deep fake. And I want to share my personal experience. For yeah. example, uh, I watch TikTok. And by the way, I, I love TikTok. Uh, and once yeah. I remove TikTok, because TikTok learned my mind, I don't know how, but TikTok can share content 
that I can't stop watching. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, uh, I usually do it in uh, restroom. Then when I get back, I keep watching. You know, I have no time to watch these videos. They're yeah. funny, great videos. And TikTok knows what to show to me. Uh, so you know, uh, that's why that's why they call it bite dance because you bite and then you dance. Yeah. Like they make you dance, right? So, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, once I watch video with Joe Rogan. And what he said on this video on TikTok, he said, uh, I started to use these pills and my dick was much bigger, you know, and I uh, I was surprised. What? Joe Rogan said this? And I opened profile and got it. It's fake profile. So deep fake, you know, yeah. and um, uh, we know the story about sport, sport illustrator when uh, uh, yeah. well-known resource started to use AI to create fake um uh, offers to create uh, fake content. Uh, of course, Sport Illustrated fired CEO of this company to change. But I think it's only beginning of deep fake. Uh, if we land with this content, if we meet this content, I probably more and more people will jump to this field. So, could you tell your prediction about deep fake and how to recognize this content, how to compete? Because we usually compete for customer's attention. If we need to compete with deep fake, it will be tough. It will be tough. Uh, if we are in the white side, it's tough to compete with deep fake. So your tips how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I actually think that um, people will become less and less um, convinced by deepfakes over time. Um, so, you know, I, I think if something doesn't seem completely real, um, we now, our instincts are telling us, you know what, this, this doesn't look right. I think this is fake. Um, you know, I, I think we have really good instincts. Um, that's why this idea that the, of the uncanny valley happens, where if you see like an AI generator or, you know, computer generated image um, that just doesn't look quite right, um, people get a little bit sort of feeling weird. It's that uncanny feeling. Um, Deep fakes are going to get better and better to the point where we're not going to be able to tell the difference. And actually, I think there's some right now that, that are so accurate that it's impossible to tell almost what's real and what's not. Um, but I, I'm less convinced that that is going to be a huge issue. Um, but what, what I think is going to happen is people are going to be, um, more skeptical of things that don't seem real and they're going to be more skeptical of everything, even things that are real. And we're going to see, you know, just like we said, there was a lot of like this talk of fake news over the past several years. Um, it's going to be more than fake news. It's going to be fake everything. If somebody says something, they're going to go, oh, it's fake. It's probably AI. Um, that's what worries me a little bit more um, is, you know, we're getting to a point where you can doubt even seeing and hearing what somebody is saying um, because it very well could be artificial. Um, I worry about it in the short term with uh, the election in the U.S. coming up. Um, but again, I think people's gut uh, and their instincts are probably much more sophisticated than any of us even really realize. Um, but for people who are susceptible to conspiracy and to uh, doubting the, the validity of things that are facts and things that are science and um, things that are well-established, they're still going to be um, convinced by by uh, deep fakes and things like that. But um, I also think that probably the very best technologies that are uh, able to help people make deep fakes uh, will hopefully be mandated to watermark those things in a way that allow that makes them able to be detected uh, on a meta level um, so that you can really see um, in any kind of analysis, hey, this is this is watermarked. Uh, Google is already doing this now. Uh, Meta is doing this. Um, I uh, hope that OpenAI does that as well. Uh, and the reason why those big players are important is because I think that they're always going to be innovating and they're always going to be one step ahead of the smaller models out there. Um, and, and so 
my hope is one humans ability to use their instincts and this kind of untapped ability to understand what's real and what's not as well as companies and the developers of this technology making it so that there's a watermarking in place where you can detect when something is fake and when something is not now this may be i may be wrong about that um i hope i'm not but my sense is that we're going to pretty quickly um, adjust to a world of deepfakes where we go, oh yeah, did you see that? You know, um, you know President Biden said that uh, you know he kills puppies and it's his favorite thing to do in his like people will realize that that's that's fake. But if, if he said something like, um, you know, hey, I I uh, forgave student loans. Now I'm going to forgive all loans in the U.S. to anyone who's borrowed any money from a financial institution. That's going to start tomorrow and you should go to your local bank and ask for your rebate checks. That's a little bit scarier because it's a little bit more close to reality. It's not so absurd and so wild. And so I think in the short term, um, we need to be really smart about finding the facts uh, around different content that we see, different news that we see. Um, because if something seems unbelievable, then it could be. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you, what is your thought on it, Anatoly? Uh, I think, uh, when customers, um, uh, want to buy any products, they usually read reviews, check accounts and 95% of customers do it, uh, today. I usually do it. Uh, and, um, I think if you get any content from Joe Rogan, from Bill Gates, because I saw Bill Gates, even Warren Buffett, when uh, they say it on TikTok, oh, I'm going to invest in crypto, you can buy crypto on this website. So, yeah, just open account to check it. And uh, when uh, more and more people will uh, discount, they will uh, share this knowledge. It's better to check before buying. It's better to analyze before doing. Uh, I'm pretty sure that scams will grow. Platforms will find the way how to fight with that uh, yeah. be because when we have the problems, all the resources uh, need to support users uh, to to find the way how to secure. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. But uh, today I need such tools. For example, I uh, often order content from traders and when they share some videos, I'm not sure it's uh, deep fake or not uh, so uh, I even uh, have such struggle in my company to recognize because we uh, hire some video uh, traders uh, and when they share content I don't know probably that was stolen and it's tough it's not like in a uh, text when you can check it's AI written it's not like in pictures when you can search for pictures in video I, I have no idea how to do it today probably yeah. Probably CopyLix will create this tool and I will use it, you know, to uh, recognize video content, it's deepfake or not. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of questions about that and a lot of interest. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it's not impossible to to see that as as something that we would potentially do. But um, it's it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the tool HeyGen um, that can translate language so you can be speaking in one language and it'll translate you speaking in your own voice to another language um it's it's pretty convincing and that's the type of thing that that's just a tool where i recorded myself speaking i went to a conference in spain um and i was said hey you know i'm very excited to be here you know we're we have a booth and come by and then i said i i uploaded it to hey jen and said now have me speak in spanish and it was me in my <laughs> voice speaking in spanish and many people reached out to me on because uh, I posted it on uh, Instagram. Friends are like, wow, "I'm so impressed." Of course, you speak perfect <laughs> Spanish. Like, wow! I or like, I never knew your accent, <laughs> and I had to go like, "Guys, you know me. If I knew if I knew another language, I would be speaking that language all the time to you, just to yeah. be like, you know, I don't speak another language. Like, this is this is fake." So it, it, I did trick people. I didn't mean to, but they were tricked by that. It's gonna nice. be it's gonna be a challenge, um, but you know, so is spam. So, you know, so are all kinds of scams. They've always existed and we always figure out ways to kind of get around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, Lee, I want to ask about your experience. 
for two people, uh, for students who are looking for ways to learn uh, today from scratch. So basically they graduated, but wanna know how to jump in modern digital marketing considering AI. And the second founders, co-founders, um, business owners uh, who wanna get customer attentions, but they need to learn the basic. I mean, like not uh, to get deep knowledge, to get the basic how it works. Uh, from my experience, I get great results with customers who understand what I do. When they understand why we need to create high quality content, why it's important to think more about traffic value than getting more traffic, many different insights, then we can cooperate, we can get great results. If they don't, usually tell them, take my course, uh, learn on Google, YouTube, get the basic, understand how it works, then we can get great results. So I want to ask you, if you started today from scratch, forget about your sales background, about your SEO background, about AI, nothing. You just know that Google exists. You use a few times to search for keywords, but you wanna become legal that you are today. So, what will you do if you started from scratch? Um, that is a great question. I mean, I think uh, if I started from scratch today, um, I would probably want to look at the content on some of the AI companies' websites um, to learn about the basics of, of, of AI. Um, so Anthropic has some great materials and, and um, blogs. They produce the chatbot Claude, um, but their materials about how to use AI and different prompting techniques are really interesting. And another company called AI21 uh, AI 21 Labs, which is uh, a, an AI company. They have their own foundational models, the Jurassic models. Their content is amazing. And they teach you about different ideas behind using AI um, chatbots, uh, you know, zero shot prompts, few shot prompts, uh, temperature, you know, logic bias, all these different concepts that you kind of should understand so that you can get the best out of these models. And then, um, you know, YouTube is amazing youtube is your friend um what i find very useful is um you know ai is revolutionizing everything and that's what everyone already says but what i found to be the most impactful way for me to learn and to learn quickly and learn a lot is by using tools like chat pdf chat pdf is is a tool where you can upload a document and really put anything into a PDF and upload it. And then you can, it'll analyze that document and you can ask it questions about what's in that document. There's another tool from Google called Notebook LM where you can put notes, you can put different articles. You could take a YouTube video and take the transcript, put it into a document, upload it there. You have all these now domains of, of information that you can learn from. You can put your notes in there and you can start to kind of understand the 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 ideas and build out different ideas there. Um, but then, I mean, I would really say following um, people who are already experts in this domain, you know, people like you, people like uh, uh, Lily Ray, uh, following the Google content uh, around search, um, these are all really important. Uh, I would I would be less interested in people who tell you here's uh, a quick guaranteed way to get on the first page of Google. Um, to, you know that's always um, a red flag. But I would say uh, the last thing is you you should pick a thing that you care about or that you're passionate about. And if you're passionate about that thing, even if it's something that sounds like kind of not so exciting, but like you know I'm really excited about. Um, providing insurance options for people in the market, uh, you know, whatever it is, find your passion and and and, um, and put that passion into what you do on a daily basis, and then you'll find a way to be successful. Uh, but now more than ever, the ability to learn and to learn quickly and learn at scale is the best thing that AI provides, in my experience, and and uh, it's going to be the first domain that really provides a lot of innovation is in education. And that's that's able to be done today with just a few different tools and um, 
you know, a quick primer on online on how to best get started. Nice. Love it. Love it. So valuable. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all points. Uh, Lee, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. I love this Absolutely. experience. You're so Absolutely. kind to share this valuable insights. Uh, you lead me to an emergency room. I need to spend time to think how to adapt <laughs> all these new skills. Uh, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Lee Gall. You can find me on Twitter, Lee Gall. You can find me on uh, online, uh, LeeGall.com. Uh, if you can find my name, um, it, it's there. Um, I'm happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. I think it's a great resource. That's a great professional development resource. It's a great place to learn new things. I share posts about AI there quite a bit. Uh, I post some of my most valuable insights uh, about AI on there. And so um, that is a great first place to start. But you can find me anywhere on, on the web. Um, to search for my name. Uh, my SEO on Legal, uh, I own that uh, pretty much across the web. So uh, if you're looking for me and you look for my name, you'll find me. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find links in the description below. So you can search on Google, you can search on social media, but you can use links. Uh, in the description on this podcast so uh i recommend to anyone to follow lee on social media on linkedin because i follow i know it's important for me to update what i have i know it's a quickly changing world if you uh, have something today it doesn't mean uh, it will work tomorrow you need to adapt you need to move fast then you can overwork your competitors i like that you mentioned about your about passion it's important for me it's very important more important than anything else if you're not passionate leave it find something else find where you get uh where you you are ready to spend more time more than eight hours uh, in working days so i can work at saturday night uh sunday evening because i love it you know it's it's my hobby my job is my hobby so uh, yeah. i completely agree with that and recommend to anyone to find your passion Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.